Women's History Month, and I'm so glad you guys are joining us on the I Am A Woman podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Strickland, and I have my dear friend, Christina Boudreau, with me today. And we had her last week. If you didn't have a chance to listen, you have to listen to the message she gave last week about sexual identity. It was right on the money. But today we are going to be talking about sexual harassment in the church. And I'm just super excited about that because Jesus always went after religious people. You know, he really didn't go after people who were struggling with their sexual identity, except to show them his mercy and his love. He would, when people were struggling with their sexuality, Jesus actually defended them, stood up for them, forgave them, blessed them, gave them peace, (laughs) showed them his incredible love. He lifted them out of shame and into a place of honor. That's what Jesus does for us. But when it came to the religious people, he was a little bit different. He absolutely called them on the carpet all the time. And that's what we're going to do today. Christina is a 33-year-old missionary who's a member of the Whosoever's Movement, headed up by Ryan Reese, based out of Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs. As a missionary, Christina spends her time touring public schools, detention centers, sex trafficking, recovery homes, girl after my own heart, rehabs, prisons, skate parks, and homeless shelters, sharing the gospel with the lost, brokenhearted, abused, and abandoned of the world. In addition, Christina is a plus-size model who is passionate about using her platform as a model to share about true, authentic beauty with girls around the world. It is so great to have you on the show today. We are definitely like-minded sisters, aren't we, Christina? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So last time we shared about your story uh, of coming out of a history of abuse and and trauma into same-sex attraction, into God, uh, sort of rewiring your mind about how he looked at sexuality and how he looked at you. And then you went into the ministry Tell us about that. And then how did you end up experiencing sexual harassment in the church? Yeah, you know, Jennifer, it's so interesting because I think that when when you think of things happening, you know, whether it's like sexual trauma or harassment, you don't really think of it happening within the church. Because within the church, you would you think that it would be God's house, right? That there's love and there's acceptance and, you know, the words taught, the gospel's going forth, the Holy Spirit's moving. And so for me, I became, you know, I started modeling and I started my journey as a missionary at the age of 18. And I just, you know, began to serve the Lord with my whole heart. And I love missionaries because we're just like... I, I tell people that I'm like, as a missionary, I have no status anywhere. I'm like on the status with the foot washers. Like we just love people. We love the broken people. We love just anyone that God puts in our past path, whether it's like the person sitting at the back or just like any broken people. <clears throat> so naturally, as I travel, when I walk into places, I kind of see like bird's eye view of the scope of things, you know, like. I see just like everything that's kind of going on, excuse me. And um, I remember 
at the age of 27, actually, I was 27 or 28, there was this international, one of the top three international uh, missions organizations in the world at the time. Uh, The leaders were evangelists that had traveled the world. And um, I don't know, did you want me to keep the name vague on that, Jennifer? Yeah, you don't need to name them. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, they were very well known around the world um, in their bathroom. They had like personal cards from like President Ronald Reagan, the New York Yankees. They were just very well known people. And I remember at the time I got invited to go up there to share at their mission school. Um, you know, we get invited, you know, same thing with you, Jennifer, you know, we're evangelists. And so we our our ministry is more like mobile than like in one place. And they said, you know, we're having a lot of issues with our girls. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And so I I flew up to Montana at the time. And when I got there, you know, they had just shared with me and I didn't fully understand the scope of how big this ministry was because I had met them at a conference and I got a, a call from like the head like guy of this ministry. And when people down here in California heard that I was going, they just said, Christina, that is a very notorious ministry. Like that's a very like like you're blessed to be able to go because of the impact that this ministry had had around the world through evangelism missions and just everything they did. And so I was like, Oh, cool. So I took it. I was like, okay, it's a blessing. It's an honor. Like I'm going to be like on my, you know, and at the age of 28, I'm like, okay, this is my first time going. Like, I just want to be respectful. And I never go into any places going on a witch hunt. I'm not trying to rock the boat, just like going with the flow. Right. So I go up there and they're showing me like their businesses. They had these burger restaurants. They started with their like mission staff to help fund, you know, their overseas missions. Like they're showing me their ranch with all their horses. Like it was a multi-million dollar ranch. They're showing me their church, their offices, everything. And I, you know, I shared with the girls and I remember when I was up there, I began to just see different red flags. And at first I was like, well, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just like, you know, like judgy or like, I didn't understand what it was. And I just was like, no, like, I think I just need to, you know, it's nothing serious. And then, so I ended up coming home and everyone said, how did it go? And I said, it was awesome. You know, and that summer of 2018, they invited me to come back up and to do like horse camps for their summer. Cause I was just, I just come back from the Philippines for missions and I just needed time to go up there. And when I was up there was when I began to experience what is now what I've come to realize what his is sexual harassment. And what happened is that when I moved up there, I lived with the staff, I lived with the interns and I was doing horse camps and I was flying out from there to do modeling, flying out from there to do, because I ended up moving there essentially in 2018. I was flying out to go on tour with the whosoever's from there. And everyone was like, wow, the fact that you get to live there now, Christina, that's a big deal. And all of these pastors from around the country would fly in once a week to teach at the mission school. And everyone loved this ministry. And to be honest, God had used them. But what I didn't understand was that I remember at the time, there was just these red flags that I just was like, it just, that just doesn't sound right. Or it just didn't sit right with me. And so I remember there was moments when the sexual harassment was taking place that I just remember going back and in my heart feeling 
just broken, feeling confused, feeling like shamed because like God's word was like mixed into it. And it was just weird, to be honest. But I remember in 2018, when I was up there uh, at the end of that year, they encouraged me to, you know, long story short, I ended up going away for three months with their last mission school to um, take time off of ministry. And they let me sit in as, you know, like on their classes, I took time away in Florida, their mission, they were hosting their mission school in Florida. So in 2019, when I got back from Florida, was when um, all of these articles started coming out. And I'm not just talking about Christian magazines or Christian articles. I'm talking like mainstream media in Montana, like NBC, Fox News. And what happened is that all of the stories of the sexual harassment, the sexual misconduct, the um, there was a lot of other stuff that happened too. The whole organization literally got shut down in one day. Christian leaders started cutting ties with them. Um, they started, um, you know, people were publicly like kids were, you know, young people were leaving the ministry because they realized what was taking place. And I, I remember 2019, I had just gotten back from India and I remember all of my stuff was still in Montana. So I had moved myself up there, but I was back in California. I got back from India and I had like only bangles and tunics from India and my whosoever shirts. And, and I, and my friend sends me an article and it was a mainstream media in Montana. And basically the ranch had gotten shut down. The burger places that had gotten shut down the, like, um, the, um, the businesses that were part of this ministry, everything got shut down. The cops had showed up, raided all the houses up there because of the abuse and what was taking place. And there was just like news people. It was just a war zone. And so I lost all my belongings. Wow. And and yeah, it was, yeah, I lost everything. Did you ever speak up? Yes. And so what happened at the end of that year? So when everything first happened, Jennifer, it was like so daunting because I just was like, oh my gosh, like I like that. Like first it was like, oh my gosh, I, I just lost everything. And then you know, and everything had happened and everyone was going public with their stories. And it was just a bloodbath, to be honest with you. Like, it was just like people, like people licking other people's wounds. And it was just for me, very unhealthy. So I just had to remove myself because I had to say like, Lord, like what happened? Like, I didn't understand it at first, Jennifer, because when sexual harassment happens in the church and then it's like wrapped in God's word, like I knew I had been harassed, but I had just lost everything. My whole world just got turned upside down. So I had to just spend time with the Lord. So long story short, I went through a season of healing through 2019. And at the end of 2019, they did a soft relaunch of this ministry, which was to this day, I don't know how you're going to do that in a town of 3000 people when like, you know, yeah, it was, it was interesting, but I remember after going through a season of healing that they were, they began to call back the people that they had previously harassed because they had known the intimate details of all our lives. And they had called me to go back to be a part of, you know, because basically when everything got shut down, all of us lost our homes. All of us lost our things because everyone's homes up there were co-signed with everyone. Everyone lost everything. And so basically a couple of different pastors came in and got flights for 150 staff members. They helped transition all of us to go back home because everyone was really. Wow. Home. So when they 
so there was only like a hand, maybe five people left. And it was just like the older, older people left up there when they tried to relaunch everything and they were harassing everyone to go back. And when they said, you know, like, we don't want to go back, they were, they would say, well, we did all these things for you and all this stuff. And they were like manipulating and using like what they had done for us, which they didn't really do anything for us. And at that time, the Lord asked me, like, will you now share your story? Now that you're healed, now that you're whole and you have the whole scope, because to tell a story, you need to know fully, like effectively. I didn't want to share it as a victim. I wanted to share it as a victor. I fully shared my story of what I had walked out of. I shared it in a way that basically said, this is what happened. This is what I went through. This is what God has done. And this is my encouragement for those who are being harassed to go back. And it kept a lot of the young people from going back. It helped a lot of pastors around the world to understand what happened from an inside point of view, but also from an outside point of view. And it was effective, but honestly, Jennifer, it wasn't until I would say, because again, at that time, I would stand up for the young ones when they were being sexually harassed. And then I was spiritually abused in the process. And so I was like, I would stand in the gap while being wounded. I would say, I would, I would stand in the gap for, for the wounded in the, in the process of being wounded. Does that make sense? Sure. I remember at that time I vowed to myself, it will never happen again. I will never be harassed again. Like I, I can understand this stuff. I could pick it up. But once again, um, two years later, as I travel, right, I travel for what I do. It happened a second time. And when it happened a second time, there was a young girl that came up to me and said she was being sexually harassed. And the same guy that was sexually harassing her had sexually harassed me. And we spoke up about it. And obviously this guy was, you know, removed and everything in this other faith setting. But I remember it was honestly, Jennifer, in January of this year that I was in church at my young adults group and I go to an amazing church and such a healing place for me. And I just remember the Lord speaking to me and said, Christina, you have to acknowledge the fact that this has happened to you twice and in my house, and this is not okay. And I just want to like do a deeper healing. And I just remember like the Lord showed me an image of like one of my horses that I've had over this last couple of years. And one of my horses um, that I had was a race horse that I rescued and rehabbed. And the day that I was going to rehome him, the trainer noticed that there was a limp in his front leg and I had had him for months and I never noticed it. He was in training. And I said, well, what's the limp? And so the vet came and she did an x-ray. She said, Christina, it looks like he has a slight fracture in his front leg. And I said, well, why is it only now showing itself? And she said, you know, sometimes these injuries only show themselves later on. But she said, you know, what's so beautiful is that he's limping now because he was going to go from he was going to be a jumper. She said, we're going to rehab him and he's going to be good to go in no time. She said, this is only slight. It's a hairline fracture. She said, we're going to heal him. And so he could become stronger so that he could go jump. And God showed that to me, like Christina, like in January of this year, I went to talk to the couple of pastors at my church just for counseling appointments. And the Lord showed me just through different things of like Christina, this, a couple years later, this, this, this abuse in your life, the spiritual abuse and the harassment 
has been like a hairline fracture in the front part of your leg, like your horse, and it's beginning to show itself. And I don't want you to run with a limp in your leg anymore. And I want to heal it so that you can run fully and you can run strong. And I'm sharing all of this, Jennifer, because there's so many girls or women that might experience sexual harassment in church from a church leader. And sometimes you're like, it's hard to decipher because you're like, well, this person's famous, right? This person's a worship leader, this person's, and that's what happened in my case. So this, one of the instances, the one in Montana was like a very famous pastor. The other instance was just like, a, a and, and that's a different spectrum. It could just be a normal person in church. But then when it happens, you're like, well, I don't want to speak up because I don't want to rock the boat. And I don't want to be like a drama person in church. But it doesn't matter where sexual harassment takes place. Sexual harassment is sexual harassment. And in one instance, the second time, they the people, when I had spoken up about it, wanted me to just reconcile with the person that was sexually harassing me. And I was like, no, this person is not repentant. I'm not going to sit there and let this man manipulate me. And I was able to stand up for myself and really hold the line. And through a series of events, obviously God exposed this person and he got removed, but wow. it, Good. but it really does break you, Jennifer, because sexual harassment in church is more common than what we realize. And when it happens in church, it breaks God's heart. And if you've been sexually harassed in church, it doesn't matter whether it's from a pastor, worship leader, someone that's serving or whatever, God wants to bring that to the light so that just like my horse, you don't have to run with the limp anymore. Mm -hmm. He wants to heal that. Cause my horse was going from his race, um, my, his, his career as a racehorse to his now career as a jumper. And he, and if he was carrying the wounds of his, of, mm -hmm. of what had happened as a racehorse. Sure. And if he would have carried that to his season as a jumper, he would have completely broken his leg and God wants to heal that in you now. So as you go to the next season, you, you don't have to run with that brokenness anymore. And mm -hmm. that's what God did for me this year. He just healed that in a deeper way. And of course that's there's so other good. things, there's layers to that, but sure. that's kind of, you know, my, my sure. story, sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I, first of all, I'm so sorry. And you know that, cause we've talked about this before about what happened in Montana. Um, I've experienced spiritual abuse as well in a church and I know how devastating that is. And it feels like you've got the rug pulled out from underneath you. But I think in my case, it didn't involve sexual harassment. It was just an unhealthy church for you. It, it, and I think for, for girls in general, the combination of the two factors is so incredibly confusing. And, you know, I just wish churches had an environment in which we all knew who we could talk to, where we could go, who's a safe place if we experience anything like that. I feel like the church is so afraid <laughs> to address is issues around sexuality. If you take the the situation right now we talked about last week with the with the gender ideology the Bible is so clear about gender. It's not a confusing topic whatsoever. It's it's what I taught in the first season of the podcast. It is 
we are created male and female, not just male and female, but incredibly valuable as male and female, incredibly purposeful as male and female. And the female voice is the voice, um, you know, the, the Holy Spirit in Genesis is a feminine Hebrew word. It's not male nor female, but the Holy Spirit is is, is the, is the spirit of movement and it, it connotates female movement. Whereas God connotates male creation with his hands, the spirit moves, the woman moves, the man creates with his hands, the spirit breathes, the woman breathes. So, um, I, that message had such a big impact on me that I shared in the first season because it made me realize so much more why, how God sees his daughters. You know, the Proverbs, uh, all through the Proverbs, wisdom is personified as female. Um, this Holy Spirit is personified as the helper. We are called the helper. This God uses the same name for us as he does the Holy Spirit. And that, yet there's this sense that as women, we are to be silent about these things. I have two desires and I'm curious what you think about them. I'll share them with my, uh, with our audience today. Number one, I have a desire for the church to create a place for people who are struggling with their gender and sexuality. Stop making LGBTQ plus people feel so judged. Like you said last week, you know, girls saying I'm gay, so I can't, I can't encounter God. That's such a lie, right? That's such a lie. Um, we can all encounter God. We all have sin. We all have persuasions. We can all encounter, encounter God. So my, my heart is to, to see the church create a place for girls who are, and, and guys actually who are struggling with their sexual and gender identity and stop shying away from these topics because it is in the power of his presence in the word that they find healing. But after listening to you today, I think the other thing is, is to create a shame-free environment where women are honored as, as, as the, as the ones that co-reign and co-lead in the kingdom. Uh, and their voices are truly honored when it comes to sexual harassment. What, it, what does that stir up in you? What does that make you feel or think of? Christina. Yeah. You know, Jennifer, it's so like, even as I was like sitting here listening to you, I'm like thinking like, wow, like just for me to even be able to share my story, you know, like what I've gone through, it's so needed because honestly, Jennifer, um, my church now that like my home church is Calvary Golden Springs, you know, with Pastor Raul Reese and our staff there, when I went to them, like, I remember that there was a night, Jennifer, that I was like crying, you know, and this is just goes off like what you said. And I literally the next day was like, I just need to talk to like a couple of the spiritual fathers in my church about what sure. I've gone through. Right. I remember the next day, like I texted and I called and that day I got an appointment and I got a phone call with two different of the spiritual fathers at our church. And I just explained to them what had happened. And these men listened to me. They validated, they wept with me and they took me back to God's word and they encouraged me and they empowered me. Like one of them is Pastor Rawls, assistant pastor, Pastor Dale. And he said, Christina, I've seen God use your life. Mm 
And he, and he, you know, they validated the things that had gone wrong. And they said, Christina, you have a voice in our church. And if anything feels wrong, they said, girl, it is wrong. And all those times, those red flags that you heard, they were like, that was the Holy Spirit. So if you, you're a watchman at this church, do you, if you ever see anything that's off, you come tell us, you know, mm-hmm. and that to me, like gave me back my voice that I felt like I heard because they gave me that safe that safe place, Jennifer, that you talked about. And then they empowered me. They said, he said, Christina, I've seen you go out to reach those kids at our schools. He said, they both said, and they prayed for me. They, they like commissioned me. It was like a general, like, you know, like of an army, like commissioning a young captain. He said, don't let the enemy rob you. He said, God has restored everything. The enemy stole for you from this. He said, go out. So that day, they gave me that safe place, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. They gave me back my voice. They gave me back my armor and then they commissioned me. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, that was all I needed. Yes. I needed to be heard. I needed to be counseled. Yeah. And then I needed to be empowered. And these are very strong men mm-hmm. that have given the women at our church just such a beautiful voice and place. And they gave that back to me. And I and that's what I told them. I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm looking for. I think I just. I need to find my voice again in God's house. And they said, Christina, you have a voice here. You have a place here. You're heard here. You're seen here. And if anything feels off, it is off and you come tell us. And I told them, I was like, you know, I don't go here going a witch hunt. They're like, no, you don't. But because of what you've gone through, you know, have eyes to see things that not many other people can see. And it was so empowering. And I, I felt like, just free Jennifer. Cause you know, when right. you go through this, there's like a shame, but sure. the shame lifted off and I was set free. And I believe that that churches, instead of shoving things underneath the rug, like one of the experiences I had or silenced, like the other experience I had, people need to listen. They need to validate. They need to, and they even said, you know, at my church now, they said, Christina, even if anything is remotely off, if someone comes to us, we investigate thoroughly and i have seen them do that before just with anyone that's like even a little off and they deal with it and so that for me i feel so safe now knowing that these kinds of things are handled and that people have given me a voice because that is the pulse of a healthy church but when you're in an unhealthy church where there is the gospel is not going forth, the word's not being taught and where the Holy Spirit is no longer there. That is where these instances happen and are shoved underneath the rug because it's no longer about the people. It's about protecting whatever you have going on, which is what I had experienced at both of the previous places. Wow, this has just been so incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I just want to confirm that in you, you do have an amazing voice. You have the voice of hope for girls that are struggling with their sexual identity and their gender, uh, eating disorders, body image, beauty. You have you are such a light in the modeling industry. I I can honestly say I'm just so incredibly proud of you. <laughs> I look back on how I got to meet you and the fact that I, I mean, you just make our ministry completely worthwhile. And I am, um, I'm just cheering you on every step of the way. And we're going to be a part of that change. You are a part of that change by sharing that story. And I love the, I love the restoration. 
I love the restoration of that, that men who knew who they are and knew the value that God places on women counseled you and spoke life into you. And that's exactly what they're supposed to do and commissioned you to go out. Girl, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with them. You go. <laughs> you are an incredible voice. And I'm just so happy you got to join us on the podcast today. Uh, final words for someone who's out there struggling. Christina, what would you say to them? 30 seconds. Uh, my heart for you today is that you would have the courage to be able to speak up and also that you would find a faith church and community that actually loves and supports and values women because that is also very important as well. Absolutely. Okay. I'm a woman and my name means life. And by the way, don't forget to follow Christina on Instagram. Her link is in the show notes. Thanks so much.